on this episode of Why Watch That. She looks at her son in one scene and says, you look like you need a release. Go have a release. What kind of release does she want him to have? Like Norman Bates? Get your subscription now. Are you kidding me? The whole entertainment industry is still reeling. Still. Yes. They don't know what to do because it came out of nowhere. I'm going to tell you that for sure. You can't keep secrets on a plane. You know, (laughs) I mean, just like snakes. Keep snakes and you can't keep secrets. Learn! An entanglement. And this ain't the kind of entanglement that you're going to hear on anybody's talk. I'm going to tell you that. It's a different kind. Okay. See, I know where you're going. You ain't that smart. You ain't that smart. You are smart. You just ain't that smart to get away with not having a strong narrative. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Ooh, so sen. Mandarin. (laughs) (laughs) I get countdowns, ladies and gentlemen in multiple languages by the critics. So whenever we're ready to start taping, I have no idea what language is coming out unless I know that language and it's English and French. And I, I, you know, I'm good with Spanish, and maybe Italian. Yeah. Here's the deal. TV's winding down this year. It is the year of television. Let's just get it out into the open. Our small screens have turned into our big screens under this unprecedented year. And some of y'all during Black Friday invested in getting a big screen because mm. you you ain't about to hit them theaters for a while. <laughs> and television say, okay, I'm here for it. That's exactly mm-hmm. what television is saying. We are here for you. But unfortunately, we're going to be here in a smaller capacity as we allow our actors and, and crew people to spend time with their family and to get safe. And then they come back in quarantine and start all over again safely for our entertainment. So with this, we've got some series premieres that we'll check back in once it's complete. And we have a final season premiere of a show that just kept going. You know, I'm being honest with you. I did not think this show would last, but it did. And Showtime is grateful (laughs) for it. And then we have a season finale from uh, a well-known series We'll see how that turned out. So let's get started. Big Sky, which doggone it, if I saw one more advertisement, (laughs) I was like, what is this? It felt like Stephen King wrote it for like CW. I don't know what it just, that's what the advertising felt like. Like CW said, Stephen King, give us not just stiff stuff. Give Give us a coffee, not an espresso shot. So I'm not sure how it all panned out. I do know I tried to start it and found out quickly it wasn't for me, but it could be for a lot of people because there are some folks talking about it. It's on ABC. So this isn't something that's on Hulu, you know, any Disney kind of weird thing. It's on ABC. You have to watch it there and maybe catch it on Hulu or their app afterwards. Right. Yeah, I watch it on Hulu afterward. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is coming to us from David E. Kelly. 
So you go, oh, David E. Kelly's doing this. And uh, most recently, of course, Big Little Lies from David E. Kelly. And David E. Kelly um, it reportedly was saying, I didn't know if I wanted to go back to network television because of all of the structure of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's find out, David. So in this uh, show, we have three lead characters. Um, there is Catherine Winnick's character, Jenny. And Catherine Winnick, Vikings, of course, Yes. So that's one. Kylie. That's Buster. still going, by the way. Yeah, they have one oh. final season coming up. Now, we both said ta-ta to that show. But I have no know, idea what's going on. Yeah, just so you know, uh, Vikings fans, the final season will first premiere on Amazon Prime before history, and the okay. spinoff is being developed by Netflix. What? <laughs> they go with where the wind is. Whatever, wherever their sail takes them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is, by the way, it's the second half of the final season. So that will be first on Prime, then on History. Okay, because History is getting out of the whole season after season show. They're just doing limited, whatever they're doing. Now, back to this. So Kylie Bunbury is playing Cassie. Um, She was in that show with uh, Mark Pargosler. Remember that baseball show? Um, Oh, yes. Yeah, on Fox. Yep. So that's her. And then, of course, we have Ryan Phillippe's character, Cody. Oh, he's back on network after Shooter. Okay. Yes, he is. Shooter. I really like Shooter. Anyway. I do, too, for many reasons you don't know about, or you do. Yes. (laughs) So Jenny is an ex-cop. Now they're doing, you know, private investigating. She works with her friend, played by Kylie, Cassie. Okay. Cassie completed or didn't complete, but went to uh, essentially the police academy, that kind of thing, was schooled there. And Jenny, get this, Jenny's husband is Cody, played by Ryan again, who's a former cop, now private detective with all of them. Now, here's what happens early on in the show, right at the beginning. We find out that Cassie, friends with Jenny and with Cody, former husband, whatever they are, it's a big mess. We find out that Cassie is in a romantic relationship with Cody. So wait oh, a dear. She is in a romantic relationship with the ex-husband of her best friend. I, it's just, oh, it sounds scandally. It sounds... Yeah. It's even hard for me to communicate it. That's how messy it is. Okay. So now, Jenny doesn't know this. She finds out Jenny and Cassie get to fighting over Cody. Oh, dear. He ain't there. Okay. And Cassie's like, wait a minute. I thought you were done with him. <laughs> now that's what's going on and what ha- what's happening while this craziness is playing out is some real craziness mm. there is a serial killer on the loose does, does anyone know that he's on the loose mm. and he is riding a truck we meet him and his mama now he is played <laughs> by Brian Garrity his mama is played by Va- Valerie Mahaffey now Valerie Mahaffey also plays one of young Sheldon's teachers at the high school <laughs> <laughs> So if you watch Young Sheldon, you'll see her here. And she ain't nothing like that teacher. She looks at her son in one scene and says, you look like you need a release. Go have a release. What kind of release does she want him to have? Like Norman Bates? You know, we might have some echoes of that. So now he's very upset with his mother. She doesn't take his job seriously. He's like, look, being a trucker is vital. We are heroes. Central. Yes. But while on the road, he's kidnapping young women. Does the mom know? Well, that's the question. I won't give that away. Um, So why is he doing this? For what purposes? Now, he ends up kidnapping three women. I won't tell you exactly who they are. But these three aren't the ideal captives for him. Why not? Now, because of all of this, two of the three women he's just captured, they weren't right because they are connected to Jenny, Cassie, and Cody. I won't tell you how. So it gets back to them that this is going on. They start to investigate. And along the way, they have to, of course, deal with the authorities. Now we're in Montana. That's why it's kind of called Big Sky. It's kind of where the name comes from. And one of them, we find out, Montana straight State Trooper Rick Lagarski. He's also got some family problems. His wife is looking at him like, mm. but this guy seems to be unflappable. And he's played by John Carroll Lynch, who when you see him, you'll know who he is. Okay. That's the, it, well, I'll tell you that t- when you get your car stuck. <laughs> <laughs> if your car gets stuck in the mud, 
Mm. Oh no, he's kind of sketchy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but here he seems to be cooperative. You know, oh yeah, I've heard about this. Let me help you out. But something happens at the end of episode one where the whole show spins on its head, supposedly. Okay. A whole bunch of people started to watch Big Sky after this premiered because of that. And the question is, everybody, who are actually the leads of this series? That's your question. Now, <laughs> I mentioned who it seemed to be. Is that still the case at the end of episode one? Or do things change? And then as you move forward, what kind of show are you actually watching? Well, you are watching a primetime soap opera. Okay, that's what you're watching. Is it worth it? If you watched every single thing that Shonda Rhimes ever did, yes. It smelled like it. If not, no. Um, I made it to episode three and then I just had to say stop. Uh, I think that the whole mess between Jenny, Cody, and Cassie didn't make any sense. I didn't buy it. It wasn't well written. It wasn't well acted. Nothing about it was good. I think that when it gets to the serial killer part and the detective part, it's better. It's better. I think if they were to focus on that a little more, it might be a little better to watch. Um, but that's all I have to say about it. So this is, if you just want to just go with the show, have your soap opera moment at night, eat your popcorn, as the ref says, throw it up like you're a Muppet, then there you go with Big Sky. There you go with that. But let's move on to HBO Max. They are trying to figure out how to get y'all to buy subscription <laughs> with original content we're talking about the flight attendant this is a limited series eight episodes so it's not like you're committing your entire life <laughs> to it um and the finale will be on the 17th this is something that the critic obviously is watching for us to see if this is something we can make it before we get to the 17th to watch and binge, or if this is something you could just, I don't know, get around to. Mm -hmm. um, what's going on here? I feel like I've heard you talk about you not being mad at it. Yeah, yeah. And just like you said, HBO Max, they, look, if you didn't hear, Warner Brothers is releasing every movie in 2021, all movies, all 17 on their slate, not only in theaters, but also on HBO Max at the same time. It will be available every single movie. Yes, Dune. Yes, Matrix 4. Okay, Denzel Washington's next movie. That movie where Will Smith plays Richard Williams, <laughs> Serena and <laughs> Venus's father. All of, all of these will be available for 30 days, the first 30 days, both in theaters and on HBO Max. What? Get your subscription now. Are you kidding me? The whole entertainment industry is still reeling. Still. Yes. They don't yeah. know what to do because it came out of nowhere. I'm going to tell you that for sure. Yes. And if you want more of what the ref is hinting at, just go to Deadline and search HBO Max. Okay. You will get all that you can stand on that. So, okay. And ramping up to this, we know Wonder Woman 1984 ref will start this off this at year. the end of this year. Yeah. Christmas yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Um, so what they're doing before that is they that industry show we reviewed, Ref, they released all of the season on HBO Max before it aired on HBO. So they're really trying to get people into this. And The Flight Attendant is an HBO Max show, though. Now, industry, I had to stop. I will be honest. I had to stop um, because I just don't need to be seeing a bunch of sex. That's not that good. Now, what about wait, the, the sex wasn't good or? Not for me. I mean, maybe for them. <laughs> you know, I am not that voyeuristic where I yeah. just want to watch you have sex like it's porn. I, no, thank oh, you. I do uh, not. Now, I if like the it. story is there, Okay, I'll go with I'll go with anybody who's telling a good story. But if you're not, mm, the flight attendant though is starring Kaylee Cuoco. Kaylee Cuoco, like Big Bang mm. Theory. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. Now, when it comes to Kaylee, here's what's happening here. She's leading here this story. She is the flight attendant. But well, like, what does that the even mean? The flight attendant. She's the one. Oh, she's the. <laughs> flight attendant and her name is Cassie look at that we have a Cassie here now we come to meet Cassie in all her glory she likes to drink she likes to go out she likes to enjoy her bedtime okay all of that and she's a flight attendant. So, you know, you have all kinds of opportunity. You're all over the globe having a great time. Um, one of her coworkers is played by Rosie Perez. 
<laughs> yes. So they're always on the crew together. I mean, this is, so imagine this. You're already laughing. Okay, that's the- Is it a comedy? It's comedic. Okay. Okay. So when you have them and they're also some other flight attendants, they all work together. They have the kind of flight attendant banter. On one of the flights, there is a certain someone in seat 3C. That's what they call them. 3C, played by Michelle Wiesman. Now- This man sees, and his character's name is Alex. Alex sees Cassie. Cassie sees Alex. Cassie is the flight attendant who takes care of his orders and takes care of something else on the flight. Oh, boy. Good gracious, Cassie. Leaving the flight, he gives her his card and says, look, if you want to break some rules, you know, I know we're not supposed to do this, but while we're here on this, you know, while you're waiting for your next flight, join me. We can go out. Mm -hmm. Uh Now, you can't keep secrets on a plane. You know, <laughs> you, I mean, just like snakes. I can't keep snakes <laughs> and you can't keep secrets. Learn! <laughs> so, you know what happens after this, but I'll tell you this. Something very unexpected happens to Cassie and Alex. A tragedy. Oh. What is that? I'm not going to give it away. But the plane doesn't crash, does it? I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what happens, but you go... Wait a minute. <laughs> and I'll tell you what this tragedy is. It ends up making us understand and Cassie understand that her memory is not up to snuff. Okay. Oh. Now remember she drinks, 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 drinks. When did the drinking start? How bad actually is it? She does have a brother who's completely different, played by T.R. Knight, by the way. Oh, okay. So he kind of informs who she is for us. Who is not drinking? No, 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 no. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> He's married, he has kids, he's concerned, should I even come to see you in New York City where she lives? Ah. He's that kind, he's an older brother. Okay, so we we get some information about their family and why she is, how she is, and in what state she's in. And we know, and she finds out, that there are things she doesn't remember that she must remember for her own survival. And the conduit for her memory is in the form of Alex. How did he get into her brain? She wants to know. She asks him. We see this, these conversations with Alex in her mind. And it happens at inopportune times. Okay? If you're being questioned by the cops, you may not want to have an out-of-body experience. Oh, dear. So what's going on with all of this? And throughout the show, we, along with Cassie, learn and remember. We see what she remembers. She remembers certain things that led up to this tragedy. She has a, a her best friend who's a lawyer, played by Zosha Mamet of Girls and Mad Men fame. Mm-hmm. So Zosha's doing her thing, okay, as the lawyer. And we go down this rabbit hole with her. And the other thing is, I mentioned Rosie Perez is her friend, co-flight attendant. She's really in charge. Yeah. Why would they hire Rosie Perez to play? That's what I was trying to get you to get to. What the heck is happening here? I can't tell you. Oh. But when if Dang you haven't it. started watching it, just know it looks like she's just there. She's not. Uh-oh. She's okay. up to something. Now, you'll find out what that is. And okay. now, let me tell you, I've seen five of the eight episodes as of now. Um, and we're coming to the end of the year, so I wanted to get this out. In this year, in 2020, this is the kind of show that I want to see because it's fun and it's entertaining. That's what it is. You are in capable hands and mm. you will enjoy it. Can you binge this? Yes. Could you start watching it now? Yes. Now what they're going to do, everybody, all eight episodes, like the ref said, will be available on December 17th. You can wait to watch it then. You can wait until you have a holiday moment. And when you just want to be in your PJs and bed, having fun with friends, whatever, that's this kind of show. It is a trip. It is a trip. Yes, ref. Sorry. Did you say how long the show is? This is hours. It's a half hour. Cause you know, HBO is known to, Throw some half hours at us. It's what around, kind of commitment are we are we binging when we binge? It's around 45 minutes. Um, so because remember, right now on HBO Max, there are no commercials. So right, right. Yeah. So it's about 45 minutes, depends on the episode. This is my thing right now, especially ref. It is I want to watch things from people I know who are doing what they enjoy. Like when you watch The Mandalorian, you know. These people enjoy it. John Favreau, I mean, 
Look, we will come back and talk about the Mandalorian when it's done. The episode with Boba Fett. I mean, it just you know. I can't. Look, we yes. we can't go there. We cannot no. go there. We will <laughs> never get off of that. It is my absolute one hundred percent. Young Sheldon and the Mandalorian. Just give me that, and I'll be fine. But we're gonna move on because I I I really will take you there. Yes. And we'll get there. Now, like you said, young Sheldon, look, Star Trek Discovery. When you watch it, you know they enjoy what they're doing. And it's not even that it all has to be perfect. No, it's not all perfect. I don't care because they are enjoying it. Kaylee Cuoco, this is her role. She gets the the comedic, quirky, funny stuff and the whole moments where she's like, what? What's going on? It is just such an amazing trip. I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to finish it. Literally. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can't wait to finish it. And I left a whole bunch of stuff out that you will discover, everybody, if you haven't started it. If you have, you know you're going to continue until it's over. So thank you for that. Well, it sounds like we have a possible holiday uh, uh, binge on our hands, and we love that. What about No Man's Land, though? Mm. That is all of it's available. Another binge opportunity on Who Blue. And uh, right now we have to pause and we'll do like a sort of 2020 what happened this year in TV kind of episode. And the fact of the matter is Hulu came out swinging. I mean, if you were in Hulu's way, you were about to get punted, especially when they started incorporating their newly acquired property of FX um, stuff premiering on FX uh, on Hulu. And now we have No Man's Land. Question is, are they moving towards the right direction with this particular show? Or is it something that maybe we don't have to rush to binge? Yeah, great question. Now, um, here's what's going on in No Man's Land. Just so you know, everybody, you will have to read subtitles. If you don't know French and you don't know, um, you know, Arabic, that kind of stuff. They do speak in English from time to time as well. So just know it is this international production. That's what's happening. We start in France. We have a family. There's a brother, a sister, mother, father. The sister is dead. She died in Egypt. Why? Why was she in Egypt? Okay, what happened? The brother is guilty about it. Now, at the start, you don't really know. You just see him, Antoine. He is trying to conceive with his wife. They're at a fertility clinic. Mm. Happy time. But at the clinic, a news report comes on uh, the TV. He stops and is looking. Why? What's so captivating? You'll find out. But this leads him to thinking, my sister isn't dead. He's never fully believed it. Mm. And the way they ended their relationship, the last time he saw her was not good. So again, there's guilt. The question is, can he verify his suspicion? Because the thing is, this isn't the first time he's brought up that I don't believe that she's dead. Now they have the body, they have her teeth, like all, okay? Now his wife has played a role in him trying to get over this. So how is she gonna receive this information if he tells her that, hey, I, I still think my sister's alive? What's that like, especially when they're about to embark on, you know, getting a bigger family? Also, what happens if he tells his parents? Is that gonna open up old wounds? Right. Now, what happens is he decides to leave France without telling anybody and go to Syria because that's oh. where he thinks his sister is. Okay. YPG. Now, YPG is a group of women who are fighting ISIS. Okay. They're real. Um, now, they do have some men volunteers, but the women are in charge. They're the ones taking care of everything. And some foreigners come in to help them, just like some foreigners come in to help ISIS. So... Oh. We see him. Now, can you just walk your way into Syria? And I don't join, think so. <laughs> and join I wife? don't think so. <laughs> like, uh, what is that like? How does he even make it there? And what do they think of him? Maybe he's a spy. Maybe he's someone from ISIS that they captured. You'll see oh. how that plays out. And when he gets there, who does he connect with? Who does he communicate with? And is he actually on the correct road to find his sister? That's the question. Now, on the other side, we do see some people who joined ISIS from Great Britain. Oh. Okay, hmm. three friends did. Why? What are they doing there? And when you go to Syria to join ISIS, you ain't going back. You sure ain't. 
I mean, one of them has a young son still in Great Britain and he's worried about the son. Like, you can't go back. Or can you? There's more than meets the eye to the three of them. I won't give that away. Now, there's also a character in the form of James Purefoy, the actor. <laughs> you just wanted to say his name. Every time James comes up, Purefoy. <laughs> How is he related to all of these people? There is a way. I will not tell you because it is revealed. He's connected to all of them in some way. Is it good or bad? Uh. So in the end, of course, can Antoine find a sister? If so, what is that like? What does it mean to find your sister? Or does he not even make it? Also, does he want to find her? The, well, you know, what's going on with the ISIS storyline? Why are we even seeing it? The YPG? What's happening here? This is what I'll say. I mentioned earlier this year, Raf, on Apple TV Plus, Tehran. Yes, you did. Right. Of course, there's always Homeland, which is lurking in the background when we have these kinds always, of always, always. Uh, but I won't go to Homeland. I will go to Tehran. I think everybody, if you want this kind of spy thriller thing and you just want it to pulse and move, that's more Tehran. If you want a little more depth, a little more complication, that's No Man's Land. I think if you like one, you'll probably like the other. You may like one more than the other, though. I watched all eight episodes of this on Hulu with my brother, Raph. We both really enjoyed it. Because after the first two episodes, I stopped watching it and told my brother, we'll watch it together. So that's what I think about No Man's Land. If this is your thing, certainly watch it. I had no problem reading the subtitles. I was with them. I was interested. Was it perfect? No, but it was certainly good. That is wonderful to know. Let's move on, though. Mm-hmm. Because a veteran has returned to the small screen. And we're talking about somebody who would sweep those Emmys anytime he'd show up and even be nominated for Oscars, possibly. And I'm talking about Brian Cranston is back. Do you know I read his memoir? Did you? <laughs> when I, after, because I came to Breaking Bad late, I wanted it to completely finish. I wanted it to go away. And, you know, that's my personality. I want to discover things on my own. And after I watched Breaking Bad, the series, binged it, I decided to, because what a what a performance. Who is this man? Like, how could this be the same Malcolm in the Middle kind of person? I read his memoir. I can go get it and show it to you right now. I read his memoir. And it's it called was, The Life in Parts. <laughs> yes, yes. The life that Brian Cranston lived before Breaking Bad and 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 Malcolm in the Middle, it is worth a read. This man traveled all o- on a bike. <laughs> Him and his brother on a motorcycle traveled the nation, hopping from theater house to theater house. And 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 the, I'm not going to ruin it, be, but let me tell you, his first experience in Europe is one you will not forget. Because <laughs> he think certain things are legal over in Europe that are mm. not legal here. I'm talking mm. about Amsterdam. I'll just mm. let that or Germany, wherever it was that he had that experience. I'll let that sit. And then last but not least, because we're going to move on to this. When I tell you he was on a soap opera in the 80s <laughs> and he was involved with a woman. Oh, and I, I don't know who she was involved with mentally, but I tell you what. That is an unforgettable chapter. You will never, ever forget. I'll just say a a knock on the door. That's all I'm going to say. A knock on the door that could have changed his life. Mm. Mm. She wasn't with us all the way. So, um, I mean, I zipped through it in like five days and I didn't have a lot of, it was while I was working, you know, so Mm -hmm. I just can't come home at night and zip through. Really simple read. But he is in the new series, Your Honor, which wow. is on Showtime. And can it live up to that? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm having a feeling no. Um, this is from Peter Moffat, who is the showrunner. And you get Peter and Brian together and you think, oh, my gosh, this might be something because we love we both love the night of so much. Oh, my goodness. And then you got the kings involved. Like it's just it's yeah. it's uh, the kings from um the Good Wife and the Good Fight. And that what what's that movie with the priest or show TV show with the priest? Evil, mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is these are seasoned writers, great storytellers, a brilliant actor, Emmy award winning actor with a very interesting life. Did it work? I don't know. Let's yeah. find out. Yeah. Well, right now the first episode just premiered. 
Um, so that's what I have to go on. And you can see how it comes from the night of, you can see it, but does it live up to it? Well, let me tell you, pretty much nothing will be able to live up to the night of. You know, I was here to say, I mean, that's a hard act to follow. Exactly. But the question is, will it be good? That's all yeah. I'm about. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Brian is playing Michael, who is a judge. Michael Desiato. What kind of judge is he? Now, in the opening, we see he's running like Rocky through the streets of New Orleans. Okay. And he runs up to the shotgun house, runs up to the door. A kid goes to the door and says, hey, who are you? He runs away. What's what's that about? Why did he even go there? Then we find out, yeah, he's a judge in the courtroom. What kind of judge is he? Because there is a woman before him who could go away for a long time, for five years, without her children who would have to go into uh, state custody. Now, there's a cop on the stand who's saying what he saw her do and that she deserves that, and so hmm. do her kids. Hmm. What does this judge think? I won't tell you. Now, he has a son. His son is in college, enjoying himself, um, <clears throat> but his son does have a certain physical ailment. I won't tell you what it is. And this son is out driving, and it's a very important day for Michael and his son. It's a tragic day. And the son wants to commemorate this day by leaving behind something in memorial. What is that something for whom and where? Where he goes doesn't seem safe. We don't know why, but he seems to be followed. Huh. He's very nervous. He jumps back in the car after he does this and starts gunning away. But the car's running out of gas, and he's having his physical problem. Okay. Now, this leads to... A tragedy. I won't tell you what that is. Well, we get a sense of it. Mm. Do we? Now, also in this story is another family. And this family, father, mother, son, daughter, they seem to be, you know, enjoying each other. They have a lot of money. We can see that. Okay. All right. All right. The parents are played by Michael Stolbarg. Who, if you don't know him, everybody, he's been in a lot of movies. He was in A Serious Man. He was the lead in that movie. Hmm. He was in Call Me By Your Name um, hmm. as Timothy's father. So he's the father in this family. And the mother's played by Hope Davis. Oh, don't we love Hope? Yes. And they get entangled in all of this. I won't tell you how. Do an entanglement. <laughs> an entanglement. <laughs> and this ain't the kind of entanglement that you're going to hear on anybody's talk. I'm going to tell you that. It's a different kind. <laughs> okay. You don't want to be anywhere near this entanglement. Because we find out that there's more to this family than meets the eye. So what is the honorable part of this show? That's the question. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. By the end of episode one, you're going to want to see episode two. Okay. Okay. Now, in the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, this is fine. I guess, you know, I'm willing to go with you. I'm not blown away. Like, like the night of you start watching, you're like, huh. Yeah. It's not that. But the way they develop the first episode by the end again, you'll go, hmm, what is going on? This is a true mess. And it's a mess that's a good mess. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how it develops throughout the rest of the season. I hope they can develop it uh, well. Uh, In the first episode, you don't even get, by the way, Carmody Joko, who's coming in. You don't don't even get, by the way, Margot Martindale, who is coming in. Okay, I'm watching it. So I don't have to, I don't care. It's the Kings, it's Peter, it's you said Margot, you said Carmen, I'm in. Yeah, so we'll see. I just hope that they don't let us down, that's all. Well, you know what? The Kings are seasoned enough. I know that they've had some hit and miss, misses after good fight and good wife. Evil is kind of like people are like, oh, yay. Man. And then that weird, you know, they need to do a comedy and just get it out of their system. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is I'm going to give it a shot. I trust yeah. Brian. I trust Peter. I trust the Kings. Do I trust Showtime? We'll see. Yeah. Shameless. Let's stick with Showtime. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Shameless that's been on for almost as long as Grey's Anatomy, no. But 11 seasons is a long time. And this is kind of one of those TV shows I just did not expect to keep going and going, especially when a major character, an actor, leaves. You think, ugh, are we really going to make it that far? 
the, and the fact of the matter is every season they nominate, you know, William H. Basie every single season. Yeah. Is this his season? Well, it's going to have to be something because it's the last. They are mm. bowing out and saying goodbye finally to these characters. And remember, Shameless did not start in the U.S. It started actually overseas over the pond as a TV show there. And somehow it really just took off here. If I were to look up in a dictionary, the definition of a dysfunctional family outside of perhaps, uh, what's that TV show with Jason Bateman and Laura Linney on Netflix? Oh, yes. Ozark. <laughs> outside of Ozark, <laughs> I think that this would be the definition of a dysfunctional family. Now, the question <laughs> is, how are how's everybody landing on their feet? We know that some people have moved on. We know that the dad is trying to get himself together. Can he do that? His children are all over the place in terms of their own personal problems, as you like to, to, to point out. And are we finally going to get to the place where we're not shameless, that um, we are moving forward <laughs> with life and family and all the good stuff? No, no. I'll put it this way. They better not. <laughs> the title is shameless. Let's go out strong like a Gallagher. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let, let me just say, I was looking this up because they've won some Emmys. You know, Joan Cusack has won for her uh, supporting role. They won an Emmy this year, Ref, for Outstanding Stunt Coordination for a Comedy Series of Variety Program. I love it. I love it. Eddie Perez, congratulations to you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on at the beginning of season 11? I'm not even going to mention the characters. Here's what's happening. We know them by now. I just, I can't, you know, of course, well, there is William H. Macy's character, Frank, and he is talking to this young college student who's trying to document what's happening in uh, Chicago, which is where they are. And it it is COVID time. It is here. They are wearing masks, but it is shameless COVID. Okay. So I'm not wearing a mask. (laughs) Well, who's wearing, who isn't like, and when? So actually of all the shows that are, have mask wearing, they were pretty consistent in the first episode, logically with it. I was impressed by that. Now, Frank is telling this young college student who's documenting this, you know, the the story of Chicago through his family, like the the Gallagher's have been at every important moment in Chicago history. Is that true? Of course not. Oh, boy, not. Now, while he's doing that, everybody else is doing that thing. We've got one of the, one of the sons is now, of course, has a, a young child and is with his baby mama living somewhere, but he's got to pay the price for forcing her into living with him from the last season. You'll see what that price is. It's shameless. Okay. So we have that. We also have another one of the sons got married to the guy he was in prison with. Okay, so now they're married, but how are they going to divide the money and all of that? (laughs) They didn't have any talk about their relationship before the marriage. So what's that like? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. One of the daughters, she is now a sex offender. She's on the registry. Okay. (laughs) Now, (laughs) it is not. When you watch it, you're not going to be like, oh, my goodness, she's a sex offender. that that kind of thing. It's almost a misunderstanding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> is it, don't they all say that, though? Right. But when you see it, you'll be like, OK, I can't really take this seriously. It is shameless. But she has to deal with this. Can she get employed? Or maybe there's a way to make money off of this. OK, <laughs> this is where we are. The neighbors, <sighs> they, are now, they are now going into selling, you know, weed. Because it's now legal, but they don't have a license. So, of course, it's shameless. You know, I can't say this enough. And they even have their young daughters rolling blunts. This is what I'm talking about, okay? Well, because they have little fingers, ref. So they can really do it. <laughs> and this show needs to, like... <laughs> in a shocking twist, even Frank says Oh, it. that's not shocking. Okay, okay. Well, based on what I said, this will be shocking. <laughs> One of the the second youngest son of the Gallagher's, he is now becoming a police officer. Yes, a full-on police officer. How did he become this police officer? He's only about to be 19. Is it the black kid? No, 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 no. The black kid wasn't in episode one so much. He he is the voice of reason in this show. Of course he better be. He's the youngest, and he's looking at all these fools like whatever. He did have his moment when he left them and went to live with a black family anyway. So we'll get him, of course, to come. So well, how did this fool, because he is a fool, become a cop? You'll have to watch it to even understand. 
So those are some of the major points here. And remember, there is the the COVID thing going on, but how do they handle it? And I'll say this, Raph, as you alluded to, Emmy Rossum left two seasons ago. Yes. She was seasons one through nine. Yeah, so two seasons ago. And there is a hole in this show. Yeah. That's in the in the size and form of Emmy Rossum. They haven't gotten rid of that because, and I was thinking about it watching this first episode of season 11, the final. And this is what came to me, Ref. Not only was Emmy great in the role, and I don't say that lightly, great in the role. It was her show, not William H. Macy's, in my opinion. Interesting, interesting, okay. Okay, it's because Fiona, her character, was the one character that tried to hold everybody together. She had her own shameless problems, but she was fighting to keep her younger siblings, everybody together, together. And without her there, we don't have that feeling anymore. Okay. And and that's the issue, but it is season 11. I think I'll finish it. I think because it's the final you've one. You've got to. Yeah, well, you've, you, you've There have been some people. shows, Ref, where I've gotten to the last episode and said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm mm. no. finished. I, I'm not going to finish it. Um, so we'll see with this. It's not bad now, though. It is still good. Like, it's good. It just doesn't have that, that heart that it had underneath all of the wackiness. Well, I tell you what, they're just, like you said, shameless is shameless. Mm. Um, but let's talk about another show that's been with us in many iterations. And I'm talking about the anthology of Fargo, which we initially talked about earlier in the year. And this is its fourth season. And this is the season we were talking member with Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman and uh, a number of of other people uh, popping in and out. And the two of us, Critic, we were watching it side by side and I did fall off, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think that um, Fargo is something that you really need to just sit down with. You can't be, and sometimes when I watch TV, I'm doing other things while I'm watching it. You really do have to sit down with it. And especially this season when you're you're, you're having all of these um, interesting concepts as Fargo likes to do. Now, Earlier, when we first reintroduced Fargo back into our lives, you talked about its rating system. And for you, you really enjoyed season two. Like, Mm -hmm. season two for you was what the show should be. And now that you've finished all four seasons, we'd like to hear what we should, as viewers, watch. Because this is all on Hulu. So FX has moved their material on Hulu. So you can watch all four seasons. And again, like American Horror Story, this is an anthology. We don't have the same actors coming back, but we do have that same sense of strange, quirky, weird, you know, Jesse Buckley is in it. So, you know, what's going on? Why is she walking that way is my question. (laughs) And why is she murdering people? I I don't know why she's, she's Nurse Ratchet's sidekick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of things happening in the season, but there were a lot of things happening in previous seasons. Does it all play out? Does it all shake out? Is the investment of, you know, all 11 episodes, is it worth watching 11 hours, basically, yeah. of Fargo? Um, and if not this season, can you guide us in this anthology? Yeah, I feel a rant coming on. I, oh, I feel it. Well, it's the finale, so you get to do that. I am angered by this. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Now, I did finish it. I finished it with my brother, my poor brother. You you know, we have to we have to pause for a second because you throw that in there like everybody knows. (laughs) Every listeners over the years, you've heard the phrase. I watched it with my brother. (laughs) And you would think that they're either roommates or live across the hall from each other. And not to put your business out there because no one knows where you live, but they live in different states. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when when you're watching something with your brother, it really is a key. I always listen to it as a key clue that this is something that you know you have to sync up, sit down, watch it together. You're on the phone together. You're kind of walking through the experiences together. So in COVID times, you've really paved the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of how to watch TV with family members who are away, but maybe you should tell us at the end of this or maybe now how you do that so that we can experience those same things with our family members as we are spending the holidays apart. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you described it rather well. So it, it is over phone. It's not Zoom or anything because 
excuse me, I have to look at the television. And we're not really Zoom people. <laughs> You're like not that. a Zoom family. <laughs> no, no, we don't need to see you. <laughs> we just need to hear you. <laughs> so what we do, just like you said, we get on the phone, but we have roles. This is what makes it work. So he chooses what we watch. I do the syncing because neither of us wants to do it either. So <laughs> that's the trade-off. So some, like sometimes he'll play around and be like, okay, so what do we watch it now? I'm like, no, no, you can't trick me. You get to choose or you want to sync and then I'll choose. He goes, no, 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 you sync because syncing is harder. Yeah. So if you're going to sync everybody, you can't do it live. Yes. Okay. So you're either streaming or you're DVRing. That's how you do it. Whoever's doing that, you have to learn how to pause and play because it's not going to be as responsive as you want, especially DVRs. So that's a whole thing that I had to figure out. But anyway, so that's really our system of how we do that. So yeah, so if we're going to watch something together, it better be it's good. A, it better be good. It better be worth watching. My sister and I, by the way, did it for uh, the last half of Little House Fire or House Fires Everywhere. No, Little, little Fires Everywhere. everywhere. Mm. Um, <laughs> little House Fires. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it is it is not as easy as you think because I was the sinking one. I was one, okay, now ready, start. And then if you watch it on a platform like we mm-hmm. did, there are different commercials for different region, regions and the length of those commercials. So it's a yes. whole thing. But anyway, it do is. share about this Fargo experience. Holy crap. Yes. So... I said my poor brother because he's been spoiled because I watch and then I recommend to him. So he watches so much good stuff. I'm jealous of him. (laughs) I'm jealous of him. But we made it through together. By the way, let me rank it now, the seasons. Ref, I watched season two again with my brother while this season four was going on. It Mm -hmm. is definitely the best one. Season two is a show. Okay. You start watching, you're like, Okay, I don't even know what I'm quite watching. Episode three comes along. You're like, oh, and it builds and builds. Everything connects. There is no loose, you know, no strings left untied. Season two, number one. Mm -hmm. Then probably season three, then season one. It's probably how I put it, but they're close. And then season four at the bottom. Oh, so season two, three, one, four. Yes, in that order. And four ain't close. Oh, because remember I was talking about when it comes to Jesse Buckley's character, the nurse. Oh, they'll get around to explaining it. No, they don't. That is not explained. No, we we see what she does. But so what? And I still want to know why she walks like that. Whenever actors make strong physical or uh, vocal choices, I want to know why. Yeah. Or yeah. I get annoyed because I'm like, you just did that to make a character. And Jesse Buckley is a fine actor. Yeah. Okay. Wild Rose. I mean, check it. Judy. Yeah, Judy. Mm-hmm. Just look. She knows what she's doing. I'm like, what? What? I don't get it. The thing is, Noah Hawley, the developer of this show, who did Legion, who did that movie with Natalie Portman when she played the astronaut that nobody liked. Oh, yeah. His pro- Lucy in the Sky. His problem is, for me, my opinion, he gets, like you were saying, he gets lost in his aesthetic, which he's great at building. The world, how it looks, being quirky, having little nuggets for nerds to understand. And he forgets the story. I am not here to learn Mm. because you ain't that good of a teacher. I am here to be told a compelling story or at least an entertaining one and not to be yo-yoed around. Yeah. And that's that's why I'm having a little bit of a rant here, because in season two, he had it. So I know he can do it. That is missing here. When we get Dr. Senator, Mr. Glenn Turman. <laughs> I love him. Love him in the show. We'll talk about him ref in our review of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Glenn Turman, like all of these older actors who are still in the business, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. They just, look, they just go, hey, I'm here to breathe and to listen and respond. I don't have to prove myself. And yeah. when he's on the screen, he makes everything work. He makes Chris Rock work, everything. But he doesn't last the whole season. Oh, and when he goes, we should have gone. Honestly, we should have gone. Why did you get rid of him? It was unnecessary. If you are a writer and you see that work, you go, wait a minute, we got to change it. I know we planned this out. I know I'm Noah Hawley, but hey, look, you could do a season on him. Mm. Chris Rock is not an actor. Okay, he is not. And it shows the more you watch it, the more you go, "Mm, it doesn't land, especially when you compare him 
to Bokeem Woodbine in season two and the whole cast of season two, to be frank. Mm. There was nobody sticking out. You, If you have seen Fargo and you haven't seen season two, but you've seen season four, you might go, how is Bokeem Woodbine in this show? You got to see it. Mm. You got to see it. That's all I got to say. The dialogue is in his mouth. He is in control of it. And mm-hmm. this is not easy stuff to say. Chris Rock does his best. He does what he can do, but he can't get around the lines. Now, we have Ben Wishaw, who's a great actor. Wonderful, not used well here, in my opinion. We have old boy coming from Gamora over here. Yeah. Being crazy. Just complete <laughs> craziness with Jason Schwartzman, who's supposed to be his brother. I don't know how that's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of it quite lands. And that's my problem here. So it started just out of a uh, just out of a cannon. It was that the first 40 minutes, well, 30 minutes was riveting, especially that voiceover with that little girl, which I don't know if we ever returned to and why. But yeah, definitely. And see, it's that thing where you go, oh, that worked so well. Where did it go? Like her storyline um, with her family, and then it gets into this criminal stuff with Chris Rock and all this other stuff. Oh, it just doesn't work. Timothy Oliphant came in. Loved him. He and Glenn Turman put them in a show. Neither of them last. Oh. So, in the end, they do try to tie it into season two, by the way. They do. Mm. Nice try. You didn't earn it. And there was even to end it, just to give everybody a picture of this so you understand what I mean by Noah Hawley and aesthetic and just wanting to be clever. Because that's what it is. It's be clever. There's an episode where they are in Kansas. It's Ben Wishaw's character who's in charge of Chris Rock's son, one of his sons. Mm -hmm. What movie do you think they allude to? If you're thinking of Kansas, what movie comes to mind? Are we clicking our heels? Uh Uh-huh. And see, I was watching, I told my brother, I said, oh, this is Wizard of Oz. He was like, oh. I was like, think about it. And then he saw it at the end. I was like, see, see, I know where you're going. You ain't that smart. You ain't that smart. You are smart. You just ain't that smart to get away with not having a strong narrative. So I don't know about season five ref with this show. I have seen, like you said, all four seasons. I love season two. I watched it twice. Loved it both times, but I don't trust that 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 will happen again. So there's my rant, everybody. You make up your mind of what you want to do with this show, but I definitely say watch season two if you haven't. Well, there you have it. That's what's going on in December. And quite frankly, I think that TV needs a moment of real celebration. It really got us through a very interesting, crazy year, especially when the elections were coming on. It was nice to be deterred. And most of us couldn't get away and go to the theater. So we snuggled up and sat in our homes and watched things on the small screen. So thank you, television, for keeping us sane this year. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.